If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT at KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about saving money, spending money, growing money, investing money. Money, 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 money. So, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about the consumer wallet right now. I got to tell you, this morning, it's a Sunday, and I kind of went through the grocery store after going through the dreaded refrigerator, figuring out what I could keep and what I could throw away. And then what I needed to buy so that I could go to the grocery store and buy what I needed. And I got to tell you, there is nothing worse than going to the grocery store on a Sunday. But that actually is the kind of week that I had. And so it led me to think a little bit about what I was throwing away, why I was throwing it away, how much have I been deceived by different marketing initiatives over the years that have led me to believe that if it's not absolutely perfect, I should pitch it first. Think about all things related to food consumption that you bring home. I called this thing, chuck it or keep it. But we're going to go a little further and talk about what you buy and why, when you should replace things and how you could save money, where all of us need to go absolutely every single week, which is the grocery store. Back after the break. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. So there I was this morning doing what I know probably every family in America does. Come the weekend or whatever their shopping day is during the week, they pick through the refrigerator, they look at what they used, what they didn't use, what's left behind, is it still good, should I throw it away, does it look all right, will somebody eat it, will I ever eat this? And then uh, trying to decide what I'm getting rid of and then what I'm gonna try to bring home today that might have a better shot of getting eaten. And you know, I started poking around a little and guess what I figured out? I am actually not alone. In fact, in America, we throw away almost as much of what we buy as we consume. So about 40% of everything we bring home from the grocery store, we are actually not eating. Is this you? Do we have those old cups of pudding in the back of the refrigerator? My husband's personal favorites. Who knows when they actually expire, but he likes those. He goes on a trend and he'll eat them a lot and then he won't eat them at all. And eventually they go bad and I throw them away. Or, you know, all you have to do is look in the vegetable bin of almost any refrigerator in America. And we all find things there that we're ultimately going to throw away because we've kept them in there so long that they have lost their love, even with refrigeration. Things like Oh, lettuce and spinach and fruits and potatoes that now have eyes in them. So therefore, God forbid we should eat it. If it looks a little banged up, we toss all that stuff. Or, you know, somewhat brown bananas. Bananas are like the biggest favorite purchase item. It's the most favorite fruit in America. We buy more of them every week than anything else. And we throw away about half of them. 
because if they don't look absolutely pristine and they're not, they're even just a teeny bit mushy, out they go. So I started to think about how much all of this cost. Secondly, how did we get to a place where if it's not absolutely perfect, we pitch it? And how much is that little habit of ours costing? Well, when I got to the grocery store, I started looking around at what I was spending and I looked at what the average American is spending on groceries. And right now, the average household spends about $4,000 a year on groceries and about $3,000 a year eating out. So maybe $7,000 a year on food consumption for the average family. Now, let's face it. Some of us are eating a lot more. Some of us has much bigger families. I saw some poor people today with shopping carts that are like coming off of the sides. They must have lots of kids and they need lots of food. But frankly, we're all spending a lot of money on food. It's also estimated that the average family throws away about $1,400 a year in food. So if they bring home $350 a month in groceries, if the average is $4,000 a year, and they throw away about $125 or $150 of that, they could have spent $275 a month and still had plenty of groceries. Now, that may sound easy when I just throw it out like that, but it's a challenge, I think, to think about. First of all, it's the environment. What are you buying versus what are you really consuming? Do you really need this? Do you really want this? Does this really help you? And I thought, rather than just say, hey, eat your vegetables and stop throwing away your produce, I thought what I'd do is talk a little bit about why we do this and then how we might help ourselves get past it and you know, talked about some tips around things like meal planning. So first, why do we do it? Well, we have been tricked into this idea of the perfect, unblemished fruit and or vegetable, that if it's not perfect, it's not good at all. And some of that has happened because of the way that, when was the last time you saw a bad looking tomato at the supermarket? They're all exactly the right size and exactly the right color but they don't taste like much, but they all look beautiful. Now, right now I'm eating tomatoes from my garden and I got to tell you, it's going to be really hard for me to make myself buy one of those tomatoes in the supermarket anytime soon because they do. They all taste kind of lousy, although they look absolutely perfect and people buy them every day. They don't always eat them because they don't really taste that good, but they do look absolutely perfect. The other thing that's happened though is the expiration dates. Now, it's not just this expires by a certain date, but there's the sell-by date, the best used by date, and then, of course, there's the expired date. So let's talk about sell-by. Sell-by is just what it sounds like. They want, they say, you know, the peak point of what we think about this product's peak flavor place is on the sell-by date. So if they say the milk has a sell-by date of, say, oh, I don't know, Friday, then that doesn't mean you have to throw the milk away on Saturday. That just means that they want you to sell it by Friday. Now, why do they want you to sell it by Friday? So you can put new milk in the grocery store and sell that instead. And then part of it is, you know, Americans think, well, if it's got, if the date's expired, is it still okay to have? And the answer in almost every case is, Yes, but you'd be surprised for how long. Actually, this was my favorite. I eat a lot of eggs. I'm one of those protein and greens and vegetables kind of a girl. 
It uh, supports my little, my little sport lifestyle. You can eat eggs for four to five weeks after the best buy date. That's a month. You could parboil them. Actually, that's what I do with my old eggs. I had boil them and then I eat them during the week because if they're there ready to go, I'll pop one in my mouth and I'll go. So a month on eggs. Milk, it still comes down to that smell test. If it smells like you can drink it, you can drink it. Sour cream, at least a couple of weeks after the best buy date. I always think cold cuts are kind of mysterious. You know, you buy them, you bring them home, they're sliced. Once they're sliced, they tend to go bad quicker, but usually they'll last about a week after you buy them at the market. So what you want to do is buy just enough cold cuts to get you through the week, but no more. So no more, you know, bologna is on sale. I'll get a pound, even though I know I'll only eat it once or twice. Just get whatever it is you actually think you'll eat, because guess what? By the time the week comes around, you will be tossing it. So spend less money at the deli buying smaller quantities. That's true for all of the cold cuts. It's also true for ground beef. Ground beef, because of the way it's ground, has a very short shelf life. If you've ever noticed how quickly it changes colors in your fridge, it's not always bad when it starts to brown, but guess what? It's kind of giving you a hint. Eat it or lose it. Steaks can last longer. In fact, great restaurants dry steaks in a cold room for days and days and days before they serve them. So steaks can last a lot longer, but the minute you start breaking that meat up, it starts going bad almost right away. My favorite tip for not spending more money than I really wanted to spend on food is to look at what is left over. So there I was this morning, I'm looking in my fridge and I'm saying, you know, what did I buy that I hadn't eaten that I thought I was going to eat? Well, my case, I had bought Brussels sprouts. I haven't eaten them yet. I usually roast them and then I just munch on them like some people munch on, I don't know, potato chips. I don't really eat potato chips, but I eat Brussels sprouts with a little bit of salt and I roast them. Now I got to tell you, those suckers will last a long time because it's that hearty vegetable. It's actually a cold weather vegetable, lasts a really long time. So you know what? I'm gonna be able to cook those Brussels sprouts this week. Yes, I will. What else did I have in my fridge this morning that I figured I had to bang a real meal around a little bit? So I had some carrots left over. So I thought maybe I'd make a, myself a stew because I already had the carrots and I had an onion from my garden. And I thought maybe I could get some, cut up beef and maybe make a beef stew. My husband loves beef stew. But this leads to my second tip. I took a minute and I said, looking at my schedule, how much time do I really have this week to cook? Because there's like the perfect KT and the perfect KT cooks healthy every night, some great meal from scratch. You know, I was raised by an Italian and a chef. And in my mind, it's like, if you didn't cook good meat at home, you probably like are gonna die from bad, bad nutrition and so I always think, you know, I want to be able to cook. I want to be able to cook from home. I want to be able to make this great meal that my husband's going to be like, oh, this is really delicious. Where did you figure this out? And I go, I don't know. I just made it up. Except that my life can be a little hectic. In fact, my life can be a lot hectic. I have a lot of things I like to do. And I work really hard and I work long hours. And I've got a bunch of little side things going on, like this podcast or my book or you know, my crazy triathlon lifestyle and God forbid I should spend any time with my family where I'm not running around, where I could just relax. And I thought to myself, 
KT, will you really make that stew this week or will you just buy stew beef and then not make that either? In a moment of clarity, guys, I bought a cooked chicken. Now, let's face it, that cooked chicken is more money than the raw chicken. It's also more money than the stew beef would have been, except that that stew never would have gotten made this week in my life. If you have weeks like that too, you need to look at the meal planning and say, what are the chances? What are the chances that I'm going to have time to make this? Or am I going to be tossing this out? I would argue when I look at what money I could save at the grocery store, I could save all of the money I spend in the grocery store just by doing better meal planning. I could probably hack 20% off my food budget if I just stopped and said, what days could I really cook? How much time will I really have? And my husband and I always joke about this idea is, is there a meal in there? So this goes back to when I first met my husband. We were um, taking turns grocery shopping. We were living together and I would shop one week and then he'd shop the next week. And he'd always shop the week that our daughter Jackie was coming to stay. And he comes home one week and he's got like, I don't know, five grocery bags. They're all over the place. And as I'm taking everything out of the grocery bags, I've got like mac and cheese. I've got chicken fingers. I've got tuna fish. He's got two or three kinds of cookies. He's got chips. And I go, dude, where's the meal? And he goes, what do you mean meal? I go, you know, when you put two or three things together and you cook them and you eat them on a plate, it's a meal. There's no meal here. And he laughs. And he's like, I never thought about it like that. I'm like, well, you need to think about, is there a meal here? So if I'm like looking in the meat department or I'm looking in the vegetable department, I think to myself, what am I going to eat this with? How will this become a meal? And in there, I've already visualized what that meal looks like. And then as a result, I have a much better shot that I actually might cook it. Now, this is a particularly busy week coming up. And when I really thought about that stew, even though I really know I want it because I'm getting that whole get your crock pot out, it's fall time. I know I don't have the time to make that stew this week. It is not going to happen. So rather than buying everything and then deciding to freeze it or throw it away, I have decided to get that cooked chicken instead. My husband will make sandwiches off that. The couple nights that I'm working, he'll be as happy as can be. And you know what? Me too. I can eat off it too. Americans throw away something like 50% of everything grown on a farm never actually gets to your table. And that's either you at the grocery store or it's the farmer at the farm. If it doesn't look quite right, they can't send it to the store because the store won't pay them for it. So they end up like churning it over, feeding it to the animals, which it's, you know, I guess if they feed it to the animals, that works okay. But a lot of it, they just plow into the ground for next year. Think about that. Think about the amount of food every year in America that we are literally throwing away. And then look at your own personal finances and say, what portion of that could I keep? Could I keep for my family? Could I keep for myself? Now, some people are into things like, oh, I don't know, there are these different meal planner software online where you can pay and then you go in. I personally can't stand paying for something that I could actually do with a piece of paper. And so the idea that you can't meal plan on your own, that you need to pay some kind of software, I, I just don't really understand that. But if it works for you, that's great. 
I would say just uh, make a grocery list. Maybe even think about the days of the week and say, you know, do I have time to cook on Monday or do I need something quick and easy? Do I have time to cook on Tuesday or am I eating out? And then make a list. I write a list almost every week. Now I'm not perfect, but I write a list almost every week and I look to buy those things. Or if I'm working a lot and I send my husband to the grocery store, I go, honey, please buy these things. Now he's really no better than he was 25 years ago because he still comes home with eight bags full of things I never even thought about that looked good while he was there. So if you're on a budget, you really want to think about making sure you buy, you build a list. And then of course, you buy the things on the list and not the other things. So meal planning, making a grocery list. And then of course, for those of you that really like to get down and dirty and save a lot of money on food, there's the couponing. And then there's the extreme couponing. You guys know who you are. You're looking at the weekly circulars every week to see where the food is on sale. When you see something you use all the time that is non-perishable, go on sale. You buy four or five of them so that you don't have to buy it on a week when it's not on sale. These kinds of things will save over the course of the year hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. But it does require you to plan a little bit in advance and do a little homework before you get to the grocery store. And remember the one thing Weight Watchers taught me 25 years ago, never go to the grocery store hungry because no matter what happens, you are going to buy things that you are never going to eat. As the weather changes, I wish you the best with your food shopping for the fall. And uh, don't forget to get out that crock pot until we talk again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.